This is the Sports Card Man podcast for episode number eight. We are back. Uh, a lot to get to uh, as we uh, have started the World Series in baseball. Football is now in week eight. Uh, hockey season is underway. Basketball is underway. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's open with a few uh, sports card related things first, and then we'll get into some sports uh, related stuff too. Um, since we last spoke, uh, we heard that uh, Adam Sandler will be in now a high-end uh, sports card movie. Uh, very interesting. Uh, he was in a familiar role with the same guys that are going to be producing uh, the movie, um, if you've seen Uncut Gems. So look, probably going to be a very similar movie. I think that'll be uh, pretty interesting for sports cards. There's never been you know, a sports card uh themed movie um, so I think that could be very interesting we've seen some uh, documentaries uh, along the way uh, we've seen um, a couple of things of mention of sports cards so I think that could be cool and it will be on Netflix too so you know I think that should you know possibly you know be another possible boom of sports cards um, not similar to the COVID but I think it'll definitely help draw um, more interest and in that comes out probably won't be out for a year maybe two years um, but we'll have to wait and see so I think that's very cool as I mentioned uh, also we have learned that the uh, Luka Doncic um, card the Logoman um, the one that sold for 4.6 million is now being resold um, through PWCC auctions so uh, it's hard to say what that'll go for. Uh, that was bought, I believe it was in 2021, maybe 2020. Um, but I, I don't know if it'll fetch the 4.6 million again. It might go slightly lower. It might go, you know, slightly higher. Um, but it is interesting that it is on again. With cards like that, though, I it is good for the hobby in, in a way that, you know, uh, you'll see, you know, people willing to spend that type of money and things like that, and it draws a lot of publicity and things like that. But I don't get caught too caught up in it because there's only about like literally less than one percent of people in the world that can afford stuff like that. So you know, I don't usually post too much about things like that um, just to try to get likes or um, different people talking about it and stuff like that, just because. It's uh, it's something that doesn't really appeal too much to me, or or, or um, you know what you know other people are trying to do, and it's cool in a sense. And it, uh, people think that it drives up other prices of you know that player when something goes that high, but it really doesn't. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind um, when you you know you do think of stuff like that. Um, also, too, I wanted to continue what I was speaking about on my last episode. Right now, we're transitioning into the buyer's market. Um, I wrote about this in my book, uh, Sports Card Man, A Whole New Ball Game on Amazon. Um, if you haven't purchased it yet, uh, definitely go out and purchase it um, on Amazon for $9.99. Um, and you know what I said in there was that right now it's buyer's market um, from now until you know the rest of the year. Uh, you know, baseball has just ended, so you can scoop up a lot of Bowman Chrome, PSA 10 autos. You know, people that are looking to get out of their investments. Uh, you know, guys they bought throughout the year. 
um, guys that they just want to you know get out of because they need money for the holidays, um, guys that didn't make the playoffs, and you know some of that stuff is going to be tougher to find from now until um, the start of March. And you know some of it, you know you might come across some of it, uh, you may not. It solely depends on the player. Um, and things like that, but the Bowman Chrome PSA 10 autos, um, I would be zeroing in on right now. Um, couple reasons why. Uh, free agency is actually starting five days after the World Series. So the World Series should wrap up by almost next weekend. Uh, today uh, is Sunday night, um, day before Halloween, so the World Series should almost be over by next weekend. So, you know, free and free agency is going to be starting fairly quick. And, you know, you want to be, you know, zeroing in on the guys that are going to be free agents, possible guys that are going to be traded for baseball. Those are the guys that are going to go up from now until before the season even starts. Uh, and, you know, you can learn from past years, you know, is, is that something that's going to continue? And the answer is yes. You know, when John Carlos Stanton was traded to the Yankees, um, his card was like sky high when he went to the Yankees. Uh, even someone like Trevor Bauer, when he signed with the Dodgers before he had all his issues, um, his cards even saw a huge spike in value when he signed um, with the Dodgers. So there is there is definitely off-season bumps um, to keep in mind for baseball, and definitely you want to you know keep track of what are the players to look for, um, you know who are some guys that might be traded, and you want to be buying their cards um, now. That's one thing um, I can share with you um, from from a baseball perspective, um, as far as as we enter buyers market. And with that being said, too. If you want to be patient and buy baseball and then wait until March, uh, April, when the season starts back up, too, that's also good because it's it's really not that far away from from what you think. Like today, it, uh, tomorrow is almost November, so you only have November, uh, December, January, February, and then baseball starts back up again. So it's going to be fairly quick. So if you're not someone that's into the hockey or into the uh, basketball or in football is about half over uh, now too so you know you know you've seen a lot of guys come down in football already uh, very few guys this year in football have maintained value and and gone up it solely depends on the type of year they're having the type of team that they're on things like that um, you know we're not in this like COVID-ish market anymore on the cards it's more so like a 2019 uh, market, I would say. Whereas, like, there's still definitely interest. There's still guys that are continually going up every single day. It's just that you have to buy the right people. You have to be uh, buying the trendy people. You have to be buying the, the people that are doing well. Uh, sometimes it's good to even, you know, buy low on a guy and hope that he can bounce back, too. You know, I've done that before, too, right? And then also, you want to be. You know, buying uh, an up-and-coming guy as well too. So those are these are all key things to uh, keep in mind as as you you know analyze how to uh, how to buy on the on a buyer's market versus a seller's market. So in a buyer's market, you can pr you can pretty much get a lot of things uh, like on the cheap or you know stuff that you know is going to take some time to go up, and you kind of really have to analyze your situation. Like, is it something that you're going to sell right away? 
Is it something you're buying the grade? Is it something that's a long-term investment? Is it something that's a short-term investment? Um, you know, are you buying high? Are you buying at the low? Um, these are all kind of different things on, on how to analyze it. So, you know, that's something that uh, ultimately, like as a buyer, you'll just have to decide what your, what your plan is when you do uh, purchase something like that. Um, so with that being said too, I did want to mention too, I've had mentioned this a couple of times, uh, I am still recruiting uh, sellers and bra uh, breakers to the uh, network app, NTWRK. So if you're not familiar with it, uh, it's a streaming platform where you can you know, do streams, uh, sell stuff, do auctions, um, do buy it now pricing, you can do breaks, you can do singles. Um, so if you're someone that's listening and you know you know anyone that wants to try a new platform to either sell on uh, singles or do breaks, definitely reach out to me and you know we can you know get that set up and get you on. Um, it's a re very cool platform. My other thing too I wanted to mention is let's spend a little time on uh, the MLB playoffs since it is the World Series and baseball is my favorite uh, sport. Uh, let's spend some time on a few other things or a few things leading up to the the World Series um, But yeah, I, I wanted to mention something about the Yankees uh, Because they are my, they are my favorite team watched them every single uh, Game this year tried to to as much as possible. Um, I think with the Yankees um, They they just didn't you know one it wasn't managed well by Boone uh, he made a lot of like head scratching decisions, um, I thought he could have managed better, um, especially like his bullpen decisions or you know t when to take out certain guys, uh, you know at, when they were starting. As far as like who was like changing up a lineup every single day, like I thought that was kind of odd. You know, uh, a different shortstop it seemed was starting almost every game in the playoffs too. So. There was almost like they were missing like their identity in a way, and they were trying to like find find themselves in the playoffs. Whereas like all these other teams, like the Astros and the Phillies, who both made the World Series, they know you know what their lineup is. Like their lineup's not constantly changing, or p players know like who's going to be batting leadoff, or you know where a guy's going to be playing. So it's almost like. The Yankees just like had too many injuries, and they were try uh, towards the end. Like the Benintendi injury was a big one. Um, the um, what you call it too? I can't even I can't even think of who else they were missing. Lemayhew was a big one, um, and I think they were missing some pieces in their bullpen too, which could have uh, made a difference. But I think that I don't know if they would have beaten the Astros if they had Benintendi and Lemayhew, but I think it would have been a little bit more closer because it would have been more balanced. But they were in a lot of those games. It was just that, you know, had they made some other decisions, then I think, you know, the outcome could have been better, things like that. But the biggest question now um, with the Yankees is what's going to happen with Aaron Judge? Uh, hard to say. Usually when a player of his magnitude hits um, free agency, often don't see him coming back to the, his current or his old team, I should say. Um, the Giants have already said that nobody's going to outbid them. The Dodgers already saying that like they'd be willing to move Mookie Betts to second base to get him. So those two teams could be battling. I don't know if the Yankees will match those two teams' offer. Um, just because in the past, like they let Robinson Cano walk when 
you know, he want they offered him like seven years and he got ten. So someone like Judge, I could see them, you know, stretching it out a little further because he's kind of like the face of their franchise, um, and he's and he's like been so important to them. But you never know. Um, ultimately, if I had to guess, I would probably say he like isn't back um, just because you know they have so much other money tied up into like Cole, um, into Stanton, into Lemayhew. Um, they. For whatever rhyme or reason, the, the Donaldson trade was an absolute bust along with IKF. Um, I think both of those guys should be gone next year. Um, maybe bring IKF back as like a, like a backup infielder, but I think the way they should go is start Peraza at shortstop. Um, even tr I'm open to possibly trading like Glaber Torres and putting DJ back at second, and then you know maybe just like he could also play third here and there too and then you know integrate like uh cabrera still as a role player um as waldo and then make peraza the starting shortstop and then eventually you know maybe uh shift volpe to, to the start starting shortstop and then peraza back to second and do something um along that and then i don't i don't think uh rizzo is going to be back either so um the yankees are going to have uh, like a I think a transition year next year where they're going to try to get out of, you know, some bad contracts or got some money coming off the books. So, um, but they need to, they need to change their identity. They need to, you know, find like a new face of the franchise player, whether that's acquiring someone in a trade, uh, this year or going out and signing somebody. So I think that's kind of what, what needs to happen. It just, you can't just have the same, team the last like couple years and just keep you know rolling with the same guys because they're they're not getting to world series they're not like war they're not able to win with this core so something needs to be uh changed there um i do as for the astros and phillies i think the astros are the better team i think they're just like they have a deeper bullpen they they the lineups are close i, I still think the astros lineup is better um because they have like the experience um, even though Verlander struggled in game one, um, I think even if he bounces back, like, I think they should be fine. Um, I, th so I do think the Astros will win that series, probably a six game series or so. Um, I just think the, the Astros are the, the stronger team. Um, but yeah, let's, um, let's transition to a few other things too. I, uh, I did want to, uh, spend some time on this since we are on the topic of baseball, um, before you know it, the um, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, it should be getting announced. The committee and the um, elect, um, or the committee vote and the way you get in through the ballot. Um, so the committee vote usually happens around December in the past. So that might be the case this year as well too. I don't know the exact date, but I have started to research um, a few guys uh, this year. Um, it's I believe it's like players that played in the mid 70s to the all the way up until like the mid 90s. So a few guys from the committee that I wanted to to point out are possibilities that I'm gonna just name off a few guys and then I'm gonna tell you out of the the guys that I think are gonna get in. Um, so I've heard Lou Whitaker, who you know played with the Detroit Tigers, second baseman. Uh, Dwight Evans, who played with the Red Sox, outfielder, 
uh, Dave Parker. He was outfielder with the, the Pirates. Fred McGriff, first baseman on the Braves. Played on a few other teams, too. Uh, Keith Hernandez, he played with the Mets mostly and the Cardinals, first baseman. Uh, Steve Garvey, first baseman for the Dodgers. Dale Murphy, outfielder for the Braves. Uh, Thurman Munson, catcher for the Yankees. And Don Mattingly, first baseman for the Yankees. So, out of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, about 10 guys that possibly... It's a pretty crowded group. Usually about four or five usually get in. That, that was the number last year of how many got into the committee. So I think this year it'll probably be a similar number, four or five. So I think out of that group, um, the most confident I would say is definitely Dave Parker um, would be my most confident as to if he gets in. He, he would be my first choice. Uh, number two would be Dale Murphy. I think um, he's been long overdue. I think he gets in as well, too. Um, number three would be uh, Fred McGriff. I think he is also long overdue, too. Uh, 496 homers. Um, I don't know why he's not in yet. Um, and number, I would say, number four, this one's close, too, because I've heard this going around, too, from um, a couple people like Michael Kay, who... Um, as the Yankees announcer and does his own radio show. He's mentioned that possibly Don Mattingly and Keith Hernandez might go in together. And then that would be like kind of really cool to see. So like both both the Mets first baseman and the Yankees first baseman in the same class. So like Cooper Sound would be like balls to the wall if if like both of those guys went at the same time. Uh so that that would be my fourth and fifth choice. I think it's, I think Keith probably maybe has a slightly better edge over Mattingly, but you could ar argue it either way. Uh, so those would be the four or five guys that I think could could make it this year. And then as for the um, the ballot, the only guy I think that'll get in through the ballot will be Scott Rowland. So um, I've seen people buying up Billy Wagner's cards a lot. Um, he was added to the PSA uh, Future Hall of Fame registry. Uh, so his rookie that was designated as his rookie card was the 94 Bowman. Uh, very tough card to find in PSA 9 or PSA 10. I think like a PSA 9 is like about a buck 30, uh, which is pretty high for a guy that's not in you know the Hall of Fame, and it's only and it's not a 10 either. So that's that tells you that's a pretty low pop. And, you know, not a lot of people have it. And that tells you that people probably think he's going to make the Hall of Fame if people are willing to pay that much for his card. Um, but that that's always a, a thing, a fun thing to analyze is what which Hall of Famers you think will make it um, this, uh, or this year and last year. Last year, we were able to nail, like, the Gil Hodges one. That was a really easy one. I thought, you know, that one was, like, pretty easy to... Uh, to predict and he and he got in um i'm trying to think uh oh and then i also had a, had a feeling that um um mini minoso was going to make it too i made a video in 2020 explaining that he was going to get in um just for for what he did for for baseball so like that one was an easy one to predict too and i had a feeling that tony oliva was possibly going to make it as well um, so that's always it's always fun to kind of do like you know which which Hall of Famers you think and the baseball one is the first 
that is happening. So if you are a believer in any of those guys that you think will get in the Hall of Fame, there will be some bumps in their cards and value when you know that announcement does happen. Uh, so and it's usually when the announcement happens that the card um, hits the highest value, and then it and then sometimes it it kind of goes back up like as we get closer to like the summer or like when the induction happens. But I think based on previous years, when the induction happens is when the, the guy's card is the highest. Um, for whatever reason, that's how it always is. Maybe just because of the timeliness of it or the breaking news of it, but that's something to keep in mind too. Um, and uh, a few other things too I wanted to mention. I had a few other things I wanted to mention was I've I spent a couple of things on this too um during the uh when I was explaining some other uh, things in my book was the Miss Mark theory of um what it means my book right and Miss Mark theory is basically you know how you should be approaching you know car shows how you should be approaching when you're browsing things online so like I could give you an example uh, when you're browsing something, let's say like on Facebook or myslabs.com, right? And you see the card is, you know, you think it's too cheap or you think it's a good deal, right? That is something that is mismarked. Um, for whatever reason, the seller, you know, doesn't know what they have, uh, doesn't know what something exactly is worth. And then sometimes it gets sold quick and you miss and you missed out on it, right? But sometimes, you know, some things fall through the cracks and, you know, stuff doesn't get changed or stuff gets left on and, you know, that's how you come across a good deal or, you know, a guy doesn't keep up with something is worth like at a card show um, or if something's been on for a while and, you know, they don't change it and then, you know, that player has like trended up in value or that specific card is trending up in value, then that is something that is um, mismarked and, you know, you can make um, a lot of money on just knowing what stuff is worth and just seeing like, oh, hey, I wonder, you know, what that goes for. And then just kind of start familiarizing yourself if you think that's, you know, something that's mismarked or, you know, not the, the, the seller is not getting what they're, they should be, then, you, you know, that's something that you should be buying. Um, and, you know, this theory's worked for me for a while, especially at um, card shows. Because sometimes, you know, people get lazy and they don't look up stuff or, you know, they're not sure what something is, is that exactly is worth. And, like, you know, that that's how ultimately it leads to you getting a good deal. Um, and I think this is something that has helped me along the years to, like, you know, expand on my collection, um, get cards to buy and resell. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people aren't doing as much as they should. Um, they're just looking to just like, you know, buy whatever they can find instead of just like looking for cards that are, you know, mismarked and good deals first. That's something that I do right now, especially in a, in a buyer's market where the supply is endless. Like right now you can, you can find pretty much anything you want to buy. Um, so with, so with that being said, you just, you want to first look for stuff that is mismarked versus just buying whatever it is first that you come across and see. Um, but that's something that I think, you know, is, is a good concept to, to start doing more. Um, the other thing too is um, I want to spend some time on my biggest wins recently. 
Um, some of my one of my my cards I talked about on one of my previous podcasts was the Harry Potter uh, Hollow uh, from two thousand one. It was a PSA eight, and it uh it was very undergraded. I thought it had, I would say like one thing on the edge on the on the top edge of the card, but it, it shouldn't have gotten a PSA eight. I think it was more so PSA nine. Um, it could have gotten, um, in my opinion, like I've seen much worse that's gotten nines. Um, but you know, I, so that was one thing I used in the, the listing on eBay was I thought this was something that was undergraded. Uh, and you know, the person that, you know, bought it, that might've been one of the reasons why they bought it. They might crack it and re-slab it or however they're going to do it. Right. Um, but uh, it did sell for full price, uh, $125. So after fees, it was mm, about 100, 105 ish or so. Um, I think I'm paying like almost near 13% on eBay. Uh, so it, that, to me, that was a good sale because that was a card I bought for like 30 bucks or 20 bucks or so. And, you know, I had it graded, uh, did take a while, almost two years. Um, but my return on that was probably around, after grading fees, about $70 or so, great, like about 25, 30 a card. So yeah, about, yeah, about 70 bucks, um, which wasn't, which wasn't bad. Um, you know, would it be a card I would buy again? Probably. I think it's really, um, underrated. Um, I think, uh, a lot of the, a lot of those cards, like people don't really know how low the, the pop reports are either. So I think that's something that, you know, another reason why someone bought it. Um, so which is, which is cool. Those are, those are tough to find. You don't see many of them on eBay either. So um, that might have been another reason why a person bought it. Um, one other card too that I did buy that I think is still like way undervalued um, is I bought Artemi Panarin on the Rangers, his uh, Young Guns PSA 10. Um, I think Panarin is... I think he's around a top 15, uh, top 20 player um, in the whole league. Uh, last year, he had about 90 points or so, um, which was like his career high. And I think he's right around like almost 700 for his career, like it might be 600 or so. Um, and the um, that card I picked up for about 100 shipped in a PSA 10, his, uh, his first Young Guns. Uh, rookie, not canvas, just a regular uh, young guns rookie. I don't really like canvas um, for hockey. I just like the regular, um, you know, PSA ten rookie um, and things like that. And when I bought it for a hundred shipped, it was the lowest I had seen that card in a ten probably ever. Like I've never seen one actually at the hundred dollar range since he's been on the Rangers. Uh, this is like his. I think it's his third or fourth year on the Rangers, um, and you know that card used to be like two two fifty um, when when stuff was going pretty high. So I think at a hundred, like it's already like some have gone one fifty, some have gone one seventy five. Um, but to me, you know, this was a card that I was familiar with. So when I when I saw it like get posted on my slabs for a hundred. You know, I, I was like, yeah, I'm buying that. Like, I, I've never seen one that low. And 
Um, right now I'm deciding if I'm going to keep it or if I'm going to resell it. It depends. Like if, if it goes up to like two, two fifty, I might sell it. Um, or I might just keep it for my Rangers collection cause I am a Rangers fan. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, but a few other things too is, um, I've noticed a few, um, cards on my slabs uh, lately have been, some of them are like under eBay, uh, some of them are um, like right at eBay. So I think anytime you can, you know, buy something under eBay for like $50, $70, including like the tax and shipping and all that, you know, that's something that you should be buying. Um, an example would be like Jalen Hurts is now 7 and 0, and he just had uh, a four touchdown day today, right? His base prism, um, even though it's base, like, and I know base is not what it used to be, um, his but his base prism hasn't really gone up as much as it should. I mean, I even posted about this card as a featured card of the week, and it's still only around 130. Um, and I think something like that is going to be a $200 card, um, especially if they get to like. 9 and 0 or like 10 and 0 and he has another good game. Uh it's going to be a two it's going to be a $200 card. Uh so for an example, that card is sitting on my slabs for like 130 shipped. Um and some of them on eBay are like 150 plus the tax plus the shipping. So you're looking at closer to like 170 if you buy that on eBay. So but if you buy it on like my slabs you're already ahead of the game. You're not paying tax. You're not paying shipping. So I think 130, it's a no-brainer. Um, and it would definitely be something that I would buy um, too. And I don't think it's going to last um, much longer. But we'll get into more of that uh, next episode. But uh, <clears throat> that's going to do it for uh, you know uh, episode eight. And uh, thanks again, guys, for tuning in.